While it's true that many companies don't allow you to talk about Christ in the workplace, there's absolutely nothing stopping you from being like Christ in the workplace. This is Preach Where You Reach. Welcome to the Preach Where You Reach podcast. I'm Scott Warren, and today my guest is Deshaun Dixon. Deshaun's based in Illinois. He is the account executive supervisor for one of the world's largest package couriers. He was previously a package delivery driver, and he is the creator and host of Freestyle Encouragement videos. Uh, we definitely have to talk about this for sure. Um, I love these videos, and so we're definitely going to hit that. But first of all, Deshaun, how are you doing today, man? I am doing good, Scott. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It's so good to have you on. Um, you know, when I was uh, going through LinkedIn at one point, I came across your freestyle videos. Like I said, I want to talk about that in a, in a, in a little while. But um, but as soon as I came across one, I was like, I listened to it and I was like, okay, hold on. I need to talk to this person. Like, I, I got I to gotta get up with this. I need him on the podcast because it was such an encouragement to me. Uh, that I felt like, you know, we definitely have to make these videos and yourself, you know, known to the general public. So we're definitely going to talk about that for sure. The Preach Where You Reach podcast is really based on how people from different vocations, different backgrounds, how, how they incorporate their faith in their workplace. That doesn't always mean that you go into the workplace and you're preaching and you're, and you're, you're talking about Jesus all the time. There are ways to do that. And so this is really an encouragement for other Christians that are listening on how they may be able to incorporate their faith in their own workplace. And so I'm grateful that we've got time uh, together to to have this conversation. Uh, in order to do the conversation justice, I, I definitely feel like we need to start in the right place. And that would be your testimony and how you came to Christ in the first place. What What was that like for you? That is a great question, Scott. Um, to be honest, I've always been involved in the church, uh, even as a little as a little kid. You know, uh, it's funny. I was just having a conversation not too long ago with my dad, uh, where he was explaining to me that you know there was a picture of me, my mom, and him, and my godfather at the time, where I was getting dedicated mm. uh, back to the Lord, and I just thought it was hilarious that we were having that conversation. So I've always been around in the church as a kid, grew up. Um, in the church, praise dance team, youth choir, or yeah, youth ministry, you name it. So I've always had that. And of course, just like anybody else, kind of got away from it a little bit, uh, simply because of, you know, just not being as active and being surrounded by it as much. But then slowly but surely, I found my way back. So, and ever since then, I, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. And so you grew up going to church. Was there someone in your family that was really instrumental in your in your faith to kind of help, you know, water that faith? Um, I would say pretty much the entire village. But if I had to point one specific person out that challenged me the most, I got to give it up to my dad. My dad was the one that really like uh, challenged me to memorize Bible verses. He challenged me to comprehend uh, the Bible or the readings that we would do together on a different level to think outside of the box. You know, a lot of times I'm like a 13, 14 year old kid and him and I are talking and he'll say something where, you know, it's completely different than what I've interpreted to be clearly because he has more wisdom about life than I do right. at the time. And I'm like, what? But now that I'm older, 
I see why he was thinking those things and thinking in that particular way and challenging the, I guess, quote unquote, status quo of what people perceive or the public perceive certain scriptures in the Bible to mean. He challenged me to dig deeper and to actually understand it on a more grander level as opposed to surface level. Mm. So I got to give it up to my dad for that one. Yes. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> uh, Thank you. And, and so you were on the you were on the the praise dance team. Tell me about that. That was that was actually so. We had been to different churches, you know, growing up before I turned ten years old, and I was part of the the children's choir. But it wasn't until we actually moved to the Naperville area and we started going to Jubilee Baptist Church, which is in Bolingbrook, Illinois. Um, they were at a period of time where. They were trying to get, you know, as many teenagers involved in the youth ministry. Right? right. But back then it wasn't cool for guys to really praise God or to be part of the choir, you know, clapping hands and really praising them. So during that time, my mom was suggesting to me, you should join the youth choir. And I was like, well, I really don't like singing. So then that's when I actually asked to become part of the uh, the musical ministry which is playing the drums for the youth choir okay and then when they needed praise dancers that's when i came in and said you know what i actually like to dance so let me go ahead and you know start something there when did you start playing drum i play drums as well or, or i i did i should say i i don't have uh i don't have my my drum kit anymore but when did you start playing um if i'm if i'm being honest uh you know honest and transparent my mom said I would take her pots and pans <laughs> when I was like two years old to eat on them. Yeah. But for some odd reason, I, I promise you, I believe this is one of my gifts from God because I really never practiced how to, you know, play the drums on a drum set. I just had to learn in seventh grade how to actually do all the, you know, the paradiddles. Yes. All that other, you know, mental, fundamental stuff of drumming. Uh, so I would say probably since I was two. So. I don't know how. I promise. I, I I really believe that that God just blessed me with the ability to, you know, play the drums, and I've been doing it since I was two. That's amazing. I I actually, um, it, it's funny when I when I was growing up, I didn't, um, we didn't. I don't remember traveling anywhere, but we I, we had suitcases, yep. uh, and um, and I remember having you know hitting suitcases with with whatever i had i don't even think i had drum sticks at the time it was just some kind of stick or sticks yep. and um and i remember playing and then i started to get into i think i had a snare drum that i used to have to carry to school every day um in this big case and um to to, to play and um i used to love that i was part of uh you know, jazz improv band and all kinds of things growing up oh, in school yeah. so um yeah did you have a certain style of of playing uh, no, I just I just do regular grip uh, as far as, you know, when we're just practicing on a practice pad yeah. or just regular. I practice with, you know, traditional grip, uh, you know, especially when drumline came out. Oh, yeah. I thought I was doing I tried all those things. I could do very little yeah. of that. But, yeah, as far as the fundamentals, like I mentioned, the paradiddles, I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch of other uh, <laughs> fundamental uh, things. But um, I always used to keep my my what is it? My bag of sticks with me. Yes. Never let any other percussion or any other band member touch my sticks at all. That was like a big no no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like I said, that, that's what really just got me going with you know. Hey, I don't really want to sing, mm -hmm. 
So how else can I serve? And we found it to be the drums. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Amazing. You know, I think when you when you first start going to church, your 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 faith is someone else's faith, right? Because you don't really necessarily know what's going on yet. You're you're going to church because they're taking you. You don't. It's not like you said, "Hey, can we go to church?" Like necessarily, but it was. So, what was that like for you in terms of the transition of just going to you actually saying, "This is this is me now. This is my faith. This is something I want to do." And do you, do you remember around mm-hmm. that age? What, what age that that happened? I was, I would actually say probably 14, okay. you know, for, I was 14. Cause I vividly remember this was like my freshman year in high school, 14, 15. Um, because what we were doing is, is my mom was allowing me to go on Wednesday nights. She would take me to, uh, there's a church out in the Naperville area called Calvary church, which is one of the best churches uh, I've ever been to. Uh, they have what they called at the time Wednesday NXT. Bible study. And when you walk in, it's like a mini concert, right? Mm. Like you can go in, it's a bunch of teenagers and we're all just, you know, singing and just getting along and just listening to the music and fellowship. And it got to the point where I was just like, man, I'm really liking the, that, the you know, the, the fellowship that's going on. Right. And I'm seeing people from school, mm-hmm. uh, from different schools that I made connections with. And then that's when I think that was around the same time where I was in part of the the uh, praise dance team and the youth choir at our church. So I would go there more often. And then that's when I just started to realize like, you know what, let me, I, I hate to say it, but it's like, let me give this Jesus a try. Yeah. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Oh yeah. Hey, you know, you, you don't really know. Right. Um, But I was just like, let's give it a try. And I seen nothing but greatness come from it. And then now I'm 31 and I look back and I'm like, man, that was probably not even probably was the best decision I ever made. Mm. Seriously, yes. for my life and for the course of my life. Amen. About 15, 14, 15. I'm guessing that at some point after that, maybe a couple of years later or whatever, mm-hmm. you went a little astray from yeah. from that. What was that like? I'll say because I, I I put this in one of my other videos and I'll post it on LinkedIn as well. I got out of alignment yes. of God's assignment for my life. So that was just probably college where I wasn't surrounded by, you know, church going folks on a daily basis. I was surrounded by everybody that wanted to party. Everybody wanted to have a good time and stuff like that. And I wanted to be part of it. Not going to lie. want to be part of it. But I think the moment that um, I always was still connected. Right. So my, my roommate and I, we would have the, now on the Bible app, they call it the verse of the day. Right. We had received this actual little, um, it's like a little like treasure box or whatever. It was full of Bible quotes, Bible verses. I'm sorry, Bible verses. And every day before him and I would go to class, we would pull out the Bible verse and try to apply it to our lives each and every day. Was it hard? Yes, because we were in college right. and we weren't going to church or Bible study as often. But we still wanted to be connected to God in some sort of fashion while we were still in school. So that was when I got out of alignment. That's awesome though. I mean, I love that, uh, that at least it was still in you, right? It was just, it was in you. It was dormant for, for a little bit, uh, to, to a degree. Right. And, um, I fully understand that. I mean, I, I remember growing up as a kid where, you know, my grandmother was 
you know, very much a, a faith-based person and, and going to church every Sunday and just, you know, she's very passionate about it. And, um, but I didn't really want any part of it, but, but there was something about her and, and her faith that was inspiring to me. And I remember, you know, trying to read the Bible, but I didn't understand any of it. And, um, especially Old Testament, Old Testament, just, well, I just don't understand this stuff. And, um, so in fact, I remember there was a, uh, a cross that I, I got, I think from, well, it was from my mother, I guess, but it must have been, I don't know if it was my grandmother's, but anyway, it was a cross that sort of the, um, the, the, it was a top portion where Jesus was on the cross. You could take that part off and, and underneath there were like these hidden compartments kind of things. And there was a couple candles, there was some, some holy water and you could kind of set this whole thing up. And it was fascinating to me. Um, I always felt a connection to God and Jesus, but I didn't really like his followers very much. There was just something about that, that I was really turned off by. So I just, I went, you know, completely different direction than that. Uh, like you fortunately came around later, but not until my mid forties. So I, I was a, uh, a little delayed compared to you, but um, in, in your experience of being out of alignment what what brought you back into alignment? Was there was there a, a, a singular moment you can recall, or or just it just kind of happened again? Um, I would say it wasn't a single moment. It was a it was a period of in my life where I knew that okay, I've done everything and put everything else first. Now it's time. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. It was kind of like okay. God is the last resort, mm. but I'm going to put him first. So it was a period in time in my life where there was a huge shift, right? Now, remember, I was I was saying back in college, I was still connected. So during my college days, when I would go to work, I would pray in the car there and back. That would be the only time I would pray. So now much, you know, fast forwarding years later outside of college, you know, I have a daughter and I'm trying to build a family and things of that nature. There was a shift that happened where now I'm surrounded by a mentor of mine. His name is Jeff Whaley. I was surrounded by him each and every day because I'd worked for him for State Farm. Okay. He's an agent. I worked for him and he would pray with me. We would have discussions after work, before work about, you know, God, about different things. And of course my dad is there as well and so forth. But Mainly those two. Once I got to that period in life and I said, "Okay, God, you are my last resort, but I'm going to put you first. I'm going to aim to put you first. I need to make a change because everything else, you know, chasing money, girls, jobs, opportunities wasn't working. Right. So now I'm like, okay, I need to shift that and chase God. And that was around 2018. Okay. Yeah, 2018 when everything changed and that's when uh, my my grandmother as well she said i need to get my daughter in church and when she said that not only did i get my daughter in church that made me get more involved in church because now i have at the time a three-year-old saying daddy when are we going to church okay now i have no choice or no excuse but to be surrounded by the same people i was just surrounded by before college and now it's it's growing even more right so 
around 2018 was just a single, you know, a moment in my life that, you know, life was really uh, life. And as the kids say, <laughs> so yes. I had to. Make, yeah, I had to make a shift then. And your grandmother, was she also mm-hmm. instrumental in, in your faith as you were growing up? I got to I got to give her credit, too, because I vividly remember the days where I would spend a night at her house. And um, before we before I would go to sleep, she would always say, let's pray. But she wouldn't pray like, you know, the normal prayer, but like, hey, God, or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. She would sing and the, she would sing, yes, Jesus loves me. And then that would be our form of prayer. And then she would tuck me in. Mm-hmm. We did it every time, every time. And so she and I, I really feel like a lot of things that have changed in my life because I feel like grandmothers are like, I don't know. It's so weird to explain. It's like my mom says something. I'd be like, oh, OK, that's my mom. but if my <laughs> grandmother says it, I'm like, All right, I got to do it. You know, yes. I don't I, yeah. I don't know how to yeah, I put that into something. I understand it. Yeah. I understand it. And you know, is your grandmother, is she still alive? Is she still with us? She's still with us. Yeah. She's still with us. Yes. Amazing. And I, I feel like, you know, I don't know why it's, it was just don't put on my heart. I feel like you, you need to, you need to call her and you need to sing that song to her just as a reminder for her and, and a th- as a thank you for what she did for you growing up and how that planted a seed in you. I don't know. Anyway, that's just what the I Holy sure Spirit put will. in my heart. So I just put that out there. Well, I'm glad you said this because I sure will do it because now I do like to sing. Yeah. My wife will tell you. I love singing, so I don't mind calling my grandmother and doing that for her. Yeah, yeah, she could use that. That's awesome. So good. So your grand or your daughter, it was sort of that thing where she's looking to go to church. Your your grandmother saying you should take her to church. Um, was your wife also interested in in going as well, or was that were you on the same page in terms of that? So what's funny about that is is that when my daughter was three, and my grandmother had gave me that instruction. That was actually around the time that I actually was about to meet my wife. So my daughter is from a previous relationship. Okay. But my wife, before, of course, she, before she was my wife, she was instrumental as well with putting me uh, up to date with journaling as far okay, as the yeah. form of prayer. So I, I never knew that. So once her and I met and we met because she was fasting. So in her fasting, here I come trying to you know, pursue her. And she's kind of looking at me like, what are your intentions? But I was up front and I told her, this is who I am. And this is what I'm looking for. Because I was just at that period in my, in my life where I'm like, Hey, if I want to move forward and if I want to give love another chance, I have to do it the right way this time. I have yeah. to. So she was instrumental with introducing me to journaling. And that was something where, you know, I love to write. All these things I'm learning, right? These mm-hmm. are the things you love to do. I love to sing. Okay, I can sing and worship. I love to play the drums. Okay, I can play the drums for the church. I love to write. Just journal some thoughts. You know, my wife is like, hey, you can write to the Lord. You can write love letters to him. Right. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, got to give it up to my wife. Right. I mean, you've been, you've, it sounds like you're, you've been surrounded by some folks that have poured into you, whether it's the, the gentleman from yeah. State Farm or your grandmother, your father, your wife. That's amazing. Do you still do journaling? Not as often mm-hmm. because I find myself, of course, doing the freestyle encouragement. Yes. And those are in a form of journaling because those words come from within. They actually come from the Holy Spirit. They don't really come from me. 
I just ask for guidance on what to say to get the message out to the people. Right. But then it serves as a reference because why I can go back and remember how I was feeling during those times, each video. And I can remember what my intentions were to, you know, to the to the public so they can understand it. And I can, you know, relive those words within me. So it's in a form of, of like writing it down. But I don't write it down as often anymore because I'm doing so much as far as speaking it to the people. Let's just dive in here for a second on the freestyle videos, um, because I was, uh, like I said, I was scrolling through one day and I came across one where you said you just said you had to, you had to pull over in your car and, and just record this message. And, and I was really inspired by it. And, and I was grateful that you did that because it, it felt like it was Holy Spirit inspired and that it was coming through. Mm-hmm. You were just a vessel kind of getting the message out. And, and I love that about that. So the freestyle videos, which is just to be clear, it's P H R E E S T Y L E. Yes. Yes. Freestyle encouragement videos. So yeah, we may skip around here just because, you know, we're going to go where the Holy spirit leads us, but the freestyle, first of all, why is it spelled like that? And where did that name come from? Okay. So why is it spelled that way? The reason it is spelled that way is because that's actually my fraternity name, which I am a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Uh, I will be a member for 10 years in July. Okay. But um, my name my name was derived from me just doing a bunch of silly things and just as far as like being able to reenact people and reenact like certain skits. So it was just like a funny moment in, in the fraternity period where I was just reenacting a bunch of stuff. And our leader at the time, uh, we call him a dean. He said that, you know, your name is you're so swift off the top of your head and you can just be this person. You can do this. and You can do that. And I like how you think so fast. So it's kind of like a person who freestyles as far as like a freestyle battle rap. Yeah. So that's why it's spelled that way, because it's a play on the the phi, which is phi beta sigma. OK, so P.H. Yep. And you add the the rest of the letters. But that's why it's spelled like that. Very cool. And, when, and then what was the second part? Of it? No, no, I, um, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, okay. well, I was just—I was curious, like where where uh, where it came from, and um, so it came from your fraternity as a nickname for you. You know, if I had a shirt made yeah. and it had my name on the back, or other members who don't know me right away, they can identify me and say freestyle and then that that's kind of like a an introduction like hey nice to meet you my name is deshaun and you know whatever the case may be but yeah it's no one ever really calls me by my fraternity right name, yeah, yeah but <laughs> it's just like an honor to you know to acknowledge it that's amazing so these videos when did you start doing these what what was the inspiration of of, of doing these videos just that's in terms funny. of like recording it for the first time uh it, you know it started in 2016 Okay. My very first video was in 2016. And I think at the time, I just, I was, okay, I remember vividly. I was sitting in uh, the back of the the job I worked for. I worked for Backrack. It was kind of like a men, the competition to men's warehouse for suits okay. and men's clothing. I was sitting in the back and I was just eating lunch and I just said, I want to do something that's encouraging people. And I was struggling to figure out the actual name mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out the name. But then all of a sudden, I, f- I think someone may have texted me my frat name. And I just was like, encouragement, freestyle encouragement. I'm like, that actually goes well. I wasn't sure at the time. 
But I was just like, you know what, whatever. People know me by that name. Let me just try it. And it's been sticking ever since. So now what? We're seven years in the making now. Man. And I came across it on LinkedIn. Is is that where people would go to find these? I want to make sure that, that people can see these because it's important. Oh, they can go to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube. Okay. But it originally started on uh, Instagram okay. and Facebook. It was around the time where you could merge your pages right. from Instagram to Facebook. So that's where it really started from. And actually, to be honest with you, during that time, I had made up different names. Like I had freestyle comedy because I was doing comedy as well. Okay. Um, and I just had to stop doing that because I was like, that's not paying me any money. And it's not it's not fruitful. Right. You know, I'm funny, but it's not fruitful. <laughs> uh, so, but in freestyle encouragement has a bigger purpose than making people laugh. Right. And it's more fruitful than anything. So. I kind of, I just stuck with that and I eliminated every other variation of freestyle that didn't come with the fruitfulness as freestyle encouragement. So they're so, yeah, they're so good. We'll, we'll have a, a link so people can yeah, check those out in the, in the show notes. Um, I wanted to Perfect. find out from you in terms of like college, what did you go to college for? What were you looking to, to do in college okay. or after you graduated, so, I should say. Well, I mean, it's funny, my my story on how I even ended up at three different colleges let's, will let people know, like, you know, the changes that happened. So I originally went to college for music, because remember, like I said, I was doing drums, and I was supposed right. to be part of the, the march band for the first school that I went to, which was Lincoln University out in Missouri. So I went there for a semester, and then I changed my major to business. So then I went to College of DuPage, which is a community college, so I can get the credits to transfer over to Northern Illinois University, which is where I graduated from. Okay. And then I ended my grad, you know, I ended uh, at NIU with a degree in media studies and public speaking, uh, communications. Mm -hmm. So all of that, just to say, hey, I kind of teeter-tottered through every realm of where God wanted me to be, which is in music I can give business i understand how to uh tithe first and handle my resources as far as finances are concerned and communication which comes from you know freestyle encouragement and having the ability to project and to speak fluently and you know get a message across so all of those giftings god's given you you're able to use for kingdom purpose yes and it's crazy that i just broke that down to you right yeah. there because as i'm thinking about it, i'm like he really, that's, that's really my story. I went to three different schools, had three different majors. And now that I'm looking at my life now, I can see how I'm being used in all three hmm. for his, for his purpose. So good. Not mine. So good. And so when you were in, when you were in college, what did you, what did you want to do hmm. once you graduated? Did you, uh, I mean, originally, I guess you wanted to be in music in some capacity. I'm going to be honest with you, Scott. Remember I said I was chasing jobs and chasing opportunities yeah. in college? Yes. Right when I got out of college, I was doing the same thing. So I really didn't have a tailored vision of, okay, this is the career that I want. Mm. I really was just going wherever the money was going. So that meant from working as a teacher assistant to working for FedEx as a driver to working as a porter for, you know, Gerald Kia 
working at Fifth Third Bank and then working for State Farm and so forth and so forth. But transitionally, the period where I stopped working for the money was State Farm Enterprise. Those were more for, uh, you know, just saying, hey, God has blessed me with these opportunities to, to, to give in any way that I can as far as knowledge is concerned and to learn from each job to doing what I'm doing now for UPS. Yeah. So that's why I was wondering is if those, even though you had those different jobs that you did, looking back mm-hmm. at those, cause you weren't necessarily doing that. You weren't, you weren't saying, God, where do you want me next? It was just taking opportunities that were there and, and chasing money or chasing whatever. Um, but looking back, can you see God at work in those areas, in those jobs? <laughs> yeah. Those and even the ones I had in college, you know, because I run into this with my wife and it's so funny. You know, of course, my wife is going to be like, you think you know everything. It's like, no, nah, I don't think I know it. What I do know is that I'm very knowledgeable in a lot of like different areas simply because I was trying to find and chase the money. But little did I know God was working in the background saying, I'm going to make sure that his memory is very vivid. So when he's faced with different situations, when he gets older and he comes back to me, he can refer back to where he was and why he knows what he knows. And I'm just like, wow. So if there's a plumbing issue in the house and my wife was like, this is an issue. I can instantly go back to what I was working with when I was working for Menards as a college student. Okay. If when it comes to serving serving my wife where she needs her car to be detailed or to be clean, I'm like, hey, you don't have to spend all that money. I used to be a porter. I know how to clean your vehicle as if I'm detailed. You know, it's right. been detailed by a professional. Um, and even when it comes to renting cars, you know, or insurance, I can go back and remember the conversations I had with customers when it came to you know, life insurance at State Farm, or when it came to actually putting down a deposit for a rental car and how that rental process goes. So, you know, if we got into an accident and we got to rent the cars, I can have that conversation with the the rep that's working with Enterprise and say, hey, I used to be a rep just like yourself. And that sparks another conversation. That gives me a foot in the door to lead them to him. So good. And that's all I care about. That's all I care about. When did you first see what God was actually doing instead of in hindsight? When you went to UPS initially, was was that yeah. was that also a chase for for something or or was that do you feel like that door was open for a reason, you know, by God? That was God all the way. That was him all the way because um that was during a period where um, my wife and I were talking about, you know, building a family. And how do we do that with the finances that we have? So just to give you chronological order and perspective base, the year is 2020, the beginning of 2020. My wife and I, we got married in September of 2019. So what I told her is, is that, you know, I know Christmas is coming up, so let's get this money and spend all this stuff out of the way. Right. But the beginning of 2020, what I want us to do, I want us to tithe first 
and then we'll do whatever else we have access to do. So my wife was like, I'm with you. Let's do it. And if you know anything about 2020, two months later, after January, the entire world shut down. Yes. I mean, people were getting furloughed. People were losing their jobs permanently. It was so much uncertainty. I even got furloughed for just two and a half days. And my wife never got furloughed, but she then had the ability to work from home. So for me, I was grateful that prior to 2020, I had enough mind capacity to say, I need to work in a different department for enterprise, which will allow me to have more flexibility as far as my time. That shift was specifically because God said, I see what's ahead, but I want to make sure that you trust me. Mm. Then it got to a period where those finances from enterprise weren't cutting it enough. So then I said, Lord, take me to a take me somewhere further. And that's when I became a driver for UPS. Now, mind you, that is a hard job. Yes. Shout out to all my drivers for UPS. Amen. It is a hard job. But then it taught me how to actually be willing to serve no matter how hard the circumstances are. So as a driver, you have to deliver those packages, whether it be snow, sleet, rain, hail, sunshine, 100 degrees, below zero. You have to deliver those packages and you have to represent UPS. Smiles on your face, being polite, being professional. And that taught me, once again, my dad came in because I didn't want to do a certain pickup. But he said, Deshaun, you have to learn to be willing to do what everybody else isn't willing to do. Mm. And then once you change your perspective, that's when things will grow. That's good. And so that's when I started to realize it. So around 2020, 2019, 2020, because uh, 2019 is when I started men's discipleship through my church. But then 2020 is when all of the things that I was going through was being put to the test because of the whole shutdown. What was the men's discipleship teaching you? What were you learning in in those moments? If 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 I named off everything I was learning in there, we'd be here all day. Right. But I would say the biggest thing that it taught me was how to, for a man, if, if we're going to be leaders and husbands, it taught me how to have my own intimate relationship with God and to not be afraid to do it to to prosper my wife and my children. So it taught me how to be a better leader spiritually and how to have that direct connection with God every day. You know, so you were a driver for UPS and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing you don't interact with a lot of people necessarily always. Sometimes you're just leaving stuff out for them to, to for them to pick up later or whatever. You spend a lot of alone time. Uh, in the vehicle, what is that like for you in terms of your faith? What did you do? You know, do, do you have the ability to listen to worship music in in the truck? I'm not quite sure how those trucks work. So you you're not supposed to have any music um, because it can be a form of distraction. Okay, especially if you know you're driving and the ambulance or the police or right. anyone like that is coming down the street. You're not aware you can get into an accident. What I did was I took that moment of being alone. And I spent it with God every day. Every day in my truck, I would say my prayer. I say, Holy Spirit, please keep me safe. Get me to and from my destination, unscathed, unharmed, and back to my family in one piece. In Jesus' name, amen. That was my prayer every day. 
because I understood that my life was literally at risk as far as an accident is concerned um, each and every day. But I also, again, spent that one-on-one time with God because men's discipleship, there was a period in the book that in the books that we were given where it encouraged us take some time to go into the room, close the door and talk with God. Right. So I had that alone time. So God's like, okay, I love this alone time that we're having. And when I said, God, I need this job as a UPS driver. He was like, oh, bet. All you do is sit in the truck (laughs) and all you got time to to talk to me. And so I was like, okay, I can do that. And I did it. And when I wasn't driving anymore, because I don't drive anymore for UPS, now what I do is when I go see my customers, guess what? I turn the radio off. I'm talking to them. You know, um, if I'm not on the phone talking about him with one of my good friends, I am listening to some music that helps me think of him and think of how I can be a better servant, how I can be a better husband, father, you know, with all the titles that he's blessed me with, you know, so. Um, I think when I was a driver, that really was where I had to cling on to the Holy Spirit more. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, as a driver, that is not an easy job. Right. And, you know, you're getting on and off the truck. You got to be safe, using three points of contact, making sure that everybody on the road sees you, making sure that you're delivering these packages in a timely fashion. And one of the things that kept me focused was saying, if I'm going to deliver these packages, I need to deliver them as if I'm delivering them to God himself. Mm. And because the word speaks about, you know, do everything as if you're doing it for him. Yes. Right. So if I'm upset that I'm getting rained on, okay, Lord, how can you help? Me? There's, there's a, there's a roll of plastic bags in the truck. All you do is tear a hole in it, put it over yourself or just get a raincoat and you deliver those packages in the rain. And people are like, Oh my God, do you need water? No, I'm okay. With a smile. Right. In the snow, they're looking at me like, is he okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just I'm just grateful to do this because I know that this isn't the end all for me. And I know that if God was on the other side of that door asking for the package, would I be frowning? Would I be mad? Would I be wanting to, you know, pitch a fit? Right. No, I would be happy. So that's how I perceived it each and every day. It's a good way to look at it. It gets hot in those trucks, right? Oh, my. <laughs> Very hot. We, we we stay hydrated. UPS does a great job of making sure we stay hydrated with water and the ice machine. You know, sometimes if I didn't get any ice, I would have to stop at the gas station, get the big three pound gallon of ice, fill my cooler up, and I have unlimited amounts of water. Mm. Unlimited amounts of water. You you had talked it's, about um, in those alone times in the in the truck, spending time talking to God. Do you feel like you got better at listening to him as well? Yeah, definitely. Because think about it. I'm in a truck, right? I have no music. I can't play the music. So sometimes all you can do is listen to the wind, listen to the birds, listen to the the, the people driving. And then when I would get off the truck and I would have my dolly and I have to load up my actual uh, dolly for the boxes. I don't have my headphones in because I need to be, you know, uh, paying attention to my surroundings. So I got all this quiet time to just shut up and listen to all his creation, the wind blowing. The people that are walking by being, you know, thoughtful to help me with, you know, packages if they blow off of the dolly. You know, people saying, hey, Mr. UPS, man, don't know me from a can of paint, but just because they see the outfit. 
they see how I take pride in my 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 appearance. They see how I take pride in how I'm stacking these boxes and how I deliver each one. And we're not talking about just the door to door. I'm talking about I had five apartment buildings where I had to scan each one and put them in their perspective place. And I had people coming down telling me a lot of other carriers don't do that. And I said, I don't mind doing it because I know if it was me receiving my package or if it was God receiving his package, he would want it to be placed where it needs to be placed. I'm getting chills thinking about mm. it. Because well, I know that's how that's how I lived it. Yeah, you've got that spirit of excellence, which is like you're saying, like you're serving God Himself. So it's uh, that's so good. Do you recall a moment where God spoke to you about something specific that that really stuck with you? Are you talking just for for the job or just in general? Yeah, I'm just thinking in terms of like on those drives. You know, I'm just just thinking you've got a lot of time to spend with him, talking to him and for him to talk back to you. Just wondering if there was a moment where you're just like, OK, I needed that. I, I may not like what's being said or I do like what's being said, or what, but I needed this. There were plenty of those. The ones that stick out to me the most. I never talked about this with anyone, but uh, there was a stop that I had. And it was across, literally across the street from a Target. And in the summertime, that area is filled with homeless people. So every time I would see a homeless person, I may have not had money physically to give them, but I would go inside of the Target and God would speak to me and say, hey, just get them a sandwich, get them some chips, get them some, some food, get them something to drink tell them I'm with them. Yes. And they would, and I would do that. And now mind you, some days I didn't have a lunch and I didn't have enough to get myself a lunch, but I would say, Lord, I just need some chips or something, but I would get, but he say, Hey, they need, they need water. They need a sandwich. They need some chips. I know you don't have a lot to get them and yourself, but just get it for them mm. and tell them I'm with them. And the moment that I would do it, now some days I'll be reluctant because I'm like, Lord, I am hungry, right. <laughs> right? But I would do it, but later that day, I would still get fed or someone would do something for me. Mm-hmm. I could always go, if I had a stop at the UPS store, they'd be like, hey, it's pizza in the back. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I just spent my last five, ten dollars until I got paid on the person that needed it. And I'm thinking like, Lord, how am I going to eat? And here I go. I got to stop over here. And they're like, hey, it's pizza. It's it's uh, junk food in the back. It's plenty of water. Take it. Mm. Please take it. Yes. And so that's when I started to realize like, okay, we got to really learn to trust what God is saying to us, even if we can't see past the present on where we are. I think that's so true that God just provides, right? That's sort of what what he does when, when when you're faithful to and obedient to what he's asking you to do and you do it, when you give those chips, when you give that drink, when you do those things, it's as if you're doing it for him, right? He's going to bless you as a result of that. And, and you've seen that come to life in, in your day to day. When you moved from the driver into the account executive supervisor, mm-hmm. was that a, was that a position you were you were trying to get that you really wanted to to have? You wanted to stop driving i mean like you said that's that's a tough job it was a job i was looking for but to be honest 
you know, as a driver, you know, we're in our own little world every day. So the information that we don't know, we don't know it unless someone presents it to us. So a long story short, I had no idea that this position that I'm in now even existed for UPS. I had no clue. And I know that sounds so crazy, but it's just like, you know, we just pick up the packages, we drop them off. We had no idea that account executives or account managers help assist companies with setting up their UPS account number to ship packages. We had no clue. So it wasn't until my wife was like, hey, you know, you know, of course, our son, he's on the way. She doesn't want to feel overwhelmed with having to deal with a one year old or a newborn uh, working from home. So she said, I can find something, you know, and I was looking for other places and I was like, I don't know anything. Nobody's hiring. So then all of a sudden I spoke to one of my fraternity brothers. His name is Joseph Mitchell. He's actually one of my mentors as well, uh, personally and in the fraternity. And I said, hey, you work for UPS. What do you do? Because I've never seen you drive a truck. He said, oh, brother, I work from home. I said, what? (laughs) <laughs> and so he started naming off the specific things that he does. He's like, yeah, I'm salary. I work from home. I'm off on weekends. And this was everything that I posted on my actual crazy faith list of like, God, I'm going to work from home. God, I'm going to you know, be off on weekends. God, I'm going to get a significant increase in pay. And he was like, hey, if you're interested, I think they are hiring. Send me your resume and I'll get it over to whoever I need to get it over to. And the rest was history because I had already qualified for it. But God knew that I wasn't doing it just to chase the money. Mm. Remember? See, I was doing everything in the past to chase the money. But this time it was a purpose like, God, I want to be home and be there for my wife and my my son and even my daughter. And he said, oh, okay, I'll I'll go ahead and take care of you because you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for someone else. See, as long as we're doing stuff for other people, as long as God tells us to do it for other people, he's going to bless it. But if yeah. we start going out for our own purpose and what we want, it's not going to work. For At least from my experience, it doesn't work. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Now, you mentioned cr- you have a crazy faith list. Is that from Pastor Michael Todd? Yes. Shout out to Transformation Nation and yeah. Pastor Mike, uh, Pastor Natalie, um, Pastor Charles, all of those guys. That is that is that is exactly where it comes from. He is uh, he's such a blessing. Uh, yes, because you know, as, as far as I understand, he doesn't have any uh, Bible school training or any of that stuff. He's just he's just got his heart on fire for Christ. So <laughs> it's amazing to watch. Well, he'll say he has six months of community college Bible study. I guess. Okay. But that's it. <laughs> that's it. But. I mean, he's being used and, you know, I know there's a lot of critics out there about him, but if he has led people like myself to invest into a deeper relationship with God, then he's guilty of that, in my opinion, because men's discipleship, my wife, my dad, Pastor Mike, his videos all have helped shape me to being who I am and who I desire to be for the future. So, yeah, shout out to Pastor Mike. Absolutely. Have there been moments in your role, maybe either as a driver or in this role where you're reaching out to your clients and you're visiting and where, you know, maybe they've, they've been, they they went through some things, they're they're going through some things and, and you were there 
and, and obedient to kind of give them a word of, of encouragement or hope or something um, from a faith perspective? Have you had opportunities like that in your in your work world? Yeah, as a driver and as a, as account executive, not necessarily for on the account executive side, not necessarily with my customers, but for other teammates and other, um, you know, account executives, I've shared conversations with them and shared my own uh, testimony as far as my workability and what has happened as a result of me being obedient. But I do vividly remember as a driver, you know, I had more of an opportunity to do so because I was around people. Even now, this is what's so funny. I'm around people, but we're not supposed to be around people because of the pandemic shutdown. Right. So the people that actually needed to hear what I was going to say coming from God were the ones I seen every day. And I'm talking like the people who work behind the front desk at these apartment buildings, um, even to the ladies and gentlemen that work at the USPS that I would have conversations with as I'm transferring packages over to them. Um, and even just some of the customers that I knew on the retail side on a daily basis, you know. I never hesitated to let them know where I stood and if there was something on my heart that needed to be said or God said, hey, say this or do this for this person. Mm -hmm. Say it was from me and and not me, but from, you know, from God. And yeah, and I was moved by it. That's why I feel like I was so blessed in that position because I had to me, I had the best area. Um, nobody else wanted to do my route cause it had so many packages and stops, but, um, you know, it got to a point where they were looking for me. They were like, where were you? Oh, I was on vacation. Oh, well, you can't take a vacation without telling us. <laughs> we got worried. No one the way I do it. Right. You know, yeah. it's not to pat myself on the back, but it's just like, that is my motivation was to do it. Because I, like I said, I I thought God would be, I picture God on the other side, ready to accept his package. And so if I treat it that way, and if I treat this position the same way, like if I'm on the phone with a customer, I have to speak to them as if God is on the other phone asking, hey, where are my packages? Right. Okay, Lord, hey, I'm working with the resolution team right now. Yes. Let me, let me help you out. It's such and, a great way to look at it. Even, and it worked because it works for me. You know, and I had to get to this point, right? I didn't, I wasn't just like, oh, this, you know, out the gate. I had to get to this point. I had to go through what they call the trenches, which is a driver, you know, because you're out in the public every day. Was, was there a time when your faith provided comfort and strength during a particularly like challenging work experience? But did, did you was, have you had difficulty in the workplace and and where you're you've had to sort of rely on your faith to kind of give you an extra push? Yes, and if I could pinpoint a time, I had mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, like I said, my route had like over two hundred stops, you know? mm. so I'm I'm talking like I wouldn't dispatch until about nine thirty. And I wouldn't get back to the uh, center till around 730, 745, 730 to 8 o'clock. So I'm doing almost, you know, 12, 13-hour days. And then I would have to drive back home. So I would get frustrated when they would ask me to go pick up at the UPS store. Now, if you know anything about the UPS store, 
some days they could have 200, 300 packages. Mm-hmm. So not only did I just spend the first 10 hours getting all these packages off, you're telling me you want me to go back to this location to bring all of those on mm-hmm. and then spend like two hours where I could literally be on my way to the center so I can get back to my family. It took a lot of faith and it took my dad, shout out to Pops, to say, hey, you have to be in a position to do what other people don't want to do. They clearly ask you to do it, not only because you're new, but because they know you can do it. Right. Everybody else will tell them why they're not doing it or whatever the case may be. Then the faith that came from that produced so well, it got to the point where I was asking to do it. And they were like, no, you don't have to. We got somebody else to do. You're okay." So that to me shows like God will really like when you cling on to him, he'll change your perspective to the point where I was like, it could be raining outside and I can still have like 20 stops left. Five o'clock comes. Hey, you need me to go to the UPS store? No, we're okay. We got somebody to do it already. Thank you, though. Really appreciate it. Mm. Hey, you need me to help anybody else out? Take 20 stops off of them? No, no, no. Come on back. You're good. You're good. Okay. Mm, so good. And that was all faith based because it was the faith was like, okay, I'm going to get through this. Right. But then when I got through it, God had guaranteed me you're going to be further than where you are because you're trusting in me and you're staying obedient. I, I love how you incorporate your faith in your workplace. Uh, I'm curious. What advice would you give to someone who wants to integrate their Christian faith in their workplace? The advice I would give is, is, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. This literally just came just now. Make sure you get God's permission first. Mm. Don't don't speak presumptuously. Make sure that if you're going to do this, you get his permission to do it. I had already gotten the permission to to do it. Right. So I just follow suit. And we do live in a time where they say, you know, you can't really talk about God in the workplace because not everybody believes in God. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. I can have a conversation with a person that doesn't believe in God. If they believe in another God, that's fine. I can have a conversation with them. But I'm not going to allow that to put a blockage on the potential blessing that somebody can get from me that God has. Because it's not for me. So get his permission first before you start speaking. Once you get his permission, don't be fearful. Be yes. fearless. Yes. Be fearless. If you're going to go all the way, go all the way. Just as much as and I tell I tell guys this too. If you can root for the bears unconditionally, you can root for God unconditionally if you're a believer. Amen. Believe in, oh, this is the year for the bears. Okay. This is the year and the day for, for the Lord. <laughs> Come on. That'll preach. I don't even mean it. I'm just, you know, keeping it real, Scott. You know, I'm yeah. keeping it real because I really, this is what I do. This is what I do. And I know that there can be some times of uncertainty, you know, but at the end of the, I'll put it to you this way. Some story, the story that stuck out to me the most uh, was, I know it's an unfortunate story, the story of Columbine, where the boys came up to a couple of people. They asked them, do you still believe in God? And they mm-hmm. said, yes. And they still got, you know, murdered. Right. That's how we have to be. It's like, hey, if this is my time, 
I'm going to go out claiming that, hey, I'm with Team Jesus. Amen. If I happen to get let go because of my speech, the first thing I'll do is say, God, I trust you. I did that, Scott, and I have to share this with you because it's a big part of the testimony as well. There was a period of time where my car battery had just died and I really, really needed it. And I got in my car and I said, God, I trust you. I kid you not. Five minutes later, my next door neighbor came and he said, hey, I'm going to check it out. He tried to jump it. Didn't work. He tried to help. Didn't work. He said in the morning, give me a call. I got some things to do at the farm. I'll figure it out. I give him a call. I said, hey, cars, you know, still. He's like, all right, give me a second. He comes back to the house. And as God is my witness, he comes back with a Duracell battery from Sam's Club that he did not have to purchase only with the points that he was given because he's a member. And he said, hey, I'm going to install this for you for free. And I don't mind <laughs> doing it. I don't want anything. I'm just going to do it. Praise the Lord. Man, oh I can't make I'm not, I can't make this. Up. My wife was like, what? I was like, yes, he didn't mind doing it. I was like, hey, Ken, is, is there something I can do? Is there right. a pie that we can buy you? Is it a beer that you like? Whatever. He was like, nope. Me and my wife, we just enjoy doing these things. We love doing it. And I was just like, when you say those words in a time of uncertainty, God will show right up. I literally got in the car that it was not going. I said, okay, God, <sighs> I trust you. I trust you. Five minutes later, or hmm. the next day, he replaced the battery. He installed it himself. Right. And I haven't had a battery issue since. This was just like last year. It's so good, man. I, I, I love your heart for Jesus. I, I am so glad we were able to have this conversation. I yeah. am uh, grateful that I, I stumbled upon the freestyle. I don't stumble upon it. God led me to it. The, the freestyle oh, encouragement yeah. videos and that we were able to connect. Um, there's something about you that, that I, I definitely feel connected to, man. I appreciate you so much. And I am just wishing continued favor and, and, and blessing on you and your family and your, your baby to be, um, man, you are, you're, you're leaving a legacy and, um, they, they've got, an amazing dad to look up to. And I am so thank glad you. we, you carved out some time for me. Deshaun, thank you so much for being on the Preach Where You Reach podcast, man. I'm grateful. And uh, I definitely hope we can talk again here soon. Yes, Scott, me too, man. Thank you for having me. Be blessed. I appreciate you.